my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Hey Tanner fans, Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Atlanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House Fuller House podcast. Well today, I'm bringing you another in honor of Father's Day and Danny Tanner episode. Season 4, episode 12, entitled Danny in Charge, which aired on December 14th, 1990. In this episode, when Joey and Jesse take a trip, Danny is alone and caring for the girls for the first time. Guys, that's actually quite true. In four seasons, this is the first time Danny's actually had to take care of the girls without the assistance and help from Jesse and Joey. Which, I think this episode just goes to show Danny how much, you know, he should definitely be appreciative of everything that Jesse and Joey do, which, you know, he is, but, you know, one parent, three kids, like, woo. Pretty much in this episode being pulled in all different directions, everyone, DJ needs him, Stephanie needs him, Michelle, uh, her demands really aren't... She really actually, in this episode, doesn't have any demands of Danny, really. I want to read the uh, (laughs) synopsis on the DVD case. What's so hard about being a single parent with Jesse and Joey gone? Danny is about to find out. Now that is a good summary. I feel like I haven't read a good DVD episode summary or description off of the Full House DVD box. case in a while. Some of them are just kind of hit and miss, it feels like. Alright, this episode's got a 7.0 out of 10 based on 175 ratings. We actually do not have any guest stars in this episode, unless you count the furry woodland creatures that show up on Joey and Jesse's camping trip. So we have this episode being directed by Joel Zwick. We have the writers, Jeff Franklin, the creator. We have Boyd Hale, which I think that's interesting that Michelle's friend Derek, his last name is Boyd, and Steve's last name is Hale. I think that's where that got taken from. Also, teleplay by Scott Spencer Gordon and story by Stacy Her H U R. All right, sweet. It's always good to get a little mix of the girls and the guys' perspective. We of course have the user reviews. The ever faithful Power Man Dan has blessed us with another review, rating this one a seven out of ten, titling it a better filler. And he published this on January 18th, 2019. Both Full House fillers for Season 4 happen close together, but I happen to find this one better. Some scenes prove my point. This episode deals with Danny's hardships as a single parent without help. Jesse and Joey are in the wilderness shooting a commercial, so Danny is alone. He wants to prove that he can do it all by himself for pride's sake. Yeah, he even refers to himself multiple times in this episode as Super Dad. Like, ugh, cringeworthy. (laughs) That's me saying that. 
that's why he doesn't even ask Becky for help. All seems to be going somewhat okay, except for some gags, but he promises both Stephanie and TJ that he would go to their school events that fall. On the same day and almost overlap in time. What are the odds of that, right? Stephanie makes a brain out of veggies for her science fair. While DJ gets the part of Juliet in her school's abridged play, Danny plans to see the first bit of the science fair and then the second bit in DJ's play. But Juliet dies in her second bit and Danny would miss the science judging, which is the whole point in going. Why not just go see DJ first, then Stephanie second? He can still leave at the same time. Not to mention, Juliet does not die in the second scene, abridged or not. Danny's stupidity and no one else coming with that idea always bugged me. Jesse and Joey in the Woods is the best part. Perhaps the reason that this episode is good. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if I end up agreeing with you, Power Man Dan. Alright. Oh, wow. This is the only uh, review for this episode. Alright. We got some connections. Mr. Ed. Danny calls Michelle Miss Ed in response to her pretending to be a horse. Despite being credited, Lori Laughlin doesn't appear in this episode. John Stamos and Dave Coulier don't share any scenes with the rest of the cast in this episode. In this episode, DJ is playing Juliet in her school play. Stephanie would go on to play Juliet in her school play. On the- oh, that's right! She does! She films a scene... Uh, films? <laughs> a scene uh, she's practicing with Andrew for the balcony scene from Romeo and Juliet. So I, are they doing the whole play? I don't know. Uh, Andrew, of course, is played by Will Estes. He's uh, now known of Blue Blood's f- uh, fame. I've never seen that. But I remember him from 2002's American Dreams, which I have covered the first four episodes on the Looking Back on My Wonder Years podcast. So if you're into the show American Dreams, kind of a little like Wonder Years, but not really dramedy. But uh, it's pretty good. Here's some goofs. Just before DJ and Danny slap hands, her hands go from open to clasped between shots. Then after the slap, she drops her hands to her sides, then is suddenly clasping them again. When Danny sits on Michelle's bed and asks the the girls about their day, he puts his arm around each of them in turn. After he does this with Stephanie, it cuts to a close-up of her and his arm is not there. Factual errors. When Danny says that he will be able to see DJ as Julie in the second scene of her play, DJ reveals that Julie is dead in the second scene. However, in the actual play Romeo and Juliet, Julia does not even make an appearance until Act 1, Scene 5. She does not die even until Act 5, Scene 3. Danny says he can go see the start of Stephanie's science fair, then see the second scene in DJ's play. In the second scene in DJ's play, her character dies, and Dave would miss the jet. Okay, so, uh, this is kind of similar to what Power Man Dan had, uh, says incorrectly regarded as goofs. All Danny would need to do is see the first scene in DJ's play and then go to the science fair to see the judging. It would be that simple. Yes, it would be that simple, but Danny is a frazzled human being who, yeah. He wants to make his kids happy and he is 
It's like, I'll be there, but I'm not going to be there at the time that you want me to be there. So it's either that or nothing, basically. And uh, quickly to add to that, DJ has had plays where the family has seen her act. Remember season one episode, um, Sisterly Love, where DJ is in the Princess Frog, the Frog Prince, Prince and the... The princess, what the heck is that called? Not the movie, but the princess and the frog, but it's like, oh, the frog prince or something to that effect. Okay. But it's not like he's never seen her in a play. Remember that one from Aftershocks that she went and did? The Christmas, she played Mrs. Claus? No one saw that play. So, of course, before I officially get into the podcast, I'd like to let you Tanner newbies know where you can listen to the podcast. You can go to iTunes. Apple Podcasts, subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can also listen on SoundCloud as well as Podbean. Where you can follow along on social media with the podcast, you can go to Facebook, type in Full House Podcast, Fuller House Podcast, so Oh My Land to Holy Chalupas Podcast will pop up in the search bar. On Instagram, OMHC Full House Podcast, or Full House Fuller House Podcast. On Twitter, OMHC Full House Pod. If you'd like to send an email or an audio clip, uh, audio file of your own comments, theories of episodes that I've covered on the podcast or episodes I plan to cover on the podcast, you can send an email to OMHC FHFH Podcast at gmail.com. Just remember it's a family friendly full house, fuller house podcast just to keep your audio audio clip clean. So alright, without further ado, one last thing. Like I said, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. But also if you've been listening to the podcast, if you enjoy it, just leave a review. Leave a review, use emojis, describe your favorite character, episode title, episode, what have you. Alright, let's jump into the cold open. Of course, here we have the cold open. This is pretty much a one and done for Michelle's fourth birthday. The only, it seems like of the girls, Michelle has had three birthdays on the show. She had her third birthday in a um, auto mechanic shop while there uh, Jesse and Stephanie and she were locked in there while her family threw a circus party back at the house. She had this one, which you only get a reference to in the cold open because she has a giant piece of chocolate cake hidden under her bed. And of course, season five has her turning five years old. And, of course, the birth of Nikki and Alex, where Stephanie just had her 10th birthday with Crush. DJ had her 16th. Well, no, DJ had two birthdays. She had her 13th birthday in 13 Candles and her 16th birthday with uh, Grand Gift Auto, where Joey buys her that car that turns out to be stolen. Yeah, we're in Michelle's room. Jesse and Danny are tucking her in with Joey there and like, all right, birthday girl, it's time for you to go to sleep. And she's like, I don't need sleep. I'm four years old. Jesse makes a point of reminding Michelle, like, yeah, we know you're four years old since you ran into our rooms this morning saying, it's my birthday. It's my birthday. Danny's like, even four year olds need sleep. Good night, Michelle. I'm going to play this clip. 
yeah, she goes and pull. Once they're gone, the lights are off. She pulls out this plate that has a humongous slice of cake, Cho- chocolate cake, of course, because you know how much she loves that chocolate cake. Okay, birthday girl, it is time to go to sleep. Not yet. It's still my birthday. Come on, we've been celebrating since you woke us up screaming, "Get up! It's my birthday." Okay, say good night, kid. I'm not a kid anymore. I'm four years old. Well, even four years old girls need their sleep. Night. Good night, night. Michelle. Are you sure there's no more present? The party's over. Not for me. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to Michelle and Tano. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I can't go to sleep. It's still my birthday. And Jesse's like, well, we've been celebrating your birthday all day. Danny goes to turn the light out. Michelle looks at him and is like, are you sure there's no more presents? And Danny's like, Michelle, good night. <laughs> your birthday is over. He shuts the door. She jumps out of bed, leans down, pulls out that plate from under her bed with... <laughs> The big giant, oh, it's huge. It's like it's almost as big as her head, it seems like. Or half the size of her head. She's like, happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, Michelle Elizabeth Tanner. Happy birthday to me and many more. <laughs> She's with her mouth all full of cake. And that was a cold open. I can't recall my fourth birthday. I mean, how many of us can We already know Michelle's memory is, like, only good for less than two years. I'd say maybe a year tops, maybe a year and a half, but that might be pushing it. But we know from previous episodes that her memory does not, is not two years long, unfortunately. She can't remember Howie in season four when she met him in season two. She can't remember Jesse and Becky's wedding in season six when they got married in season four. Yeah. So, looks like uh, the episode starts in the kitchen. Looks like it's just before school. Stephanie's got her cauliflower brain that she's worked on that's got a lot of other vegetables attached to it. And Stephanie shows it off to Michelle like, hey, Michelle, look, this is what the inside of your, this is what your brain looks like. And I gotta hand it to the Olsen twin. She does pretty well pronouncing the word cauliflower. Like, I have cauliflower in my head. <laughs> Even Michelle, who's four questions, like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, I got a vegetable brain? DJ, who's sitting at the kitchen table eating her cereal, is like, no, but you once put a lima bean up your nose. So, Kimmy comes in the back door, speaking the Spanish. Bonus Diaz las tanderitas? Kimmy's hair is curled in this episode she's even got one of those um a headband in here why is it whenever i see something like that my mind goes blank and i'm like what is that thing i've used them when i was a kid it's a headband she looks at stephanie's cauliflower with what is it like a little baby tomato and a some purple onions on it and some other little veggie thingies she's like oh sad looking breakfast 
Because, I mean, Michelle and DJ are eating cereal, and she's like, ugh, this is what you're into, Steph? There's also a, a red pepper. A little bit of red pepper on there. It looks like maybe even a jalapeno and maybe a either a spare piece of asparagus or a green bean. So, Stephanie, still holding the cauliflower brain, is looking at Kimmy and saying, See, this is what's inside your head, Kimmy. Half a brain, and she laughs to herself. There's two different sections, so one's got to be like the left half, and one's got to be the right half. And she's like, I don't want to see, I don't want Dad to see this until it's time. So please, everyone, keep your lips zipped shut. Especially you, Michelle. We know how you like to blab. Especially when tempted with ice cream. So as Stephanie's shoving <clears throat> the other part of the brain into a Tupperware dish, she's like, now remember, you guys never saw my brain. And of course, Kimmy uses this to get back at Stephanie with the in brain insult. Like, oh, I never saw it used anyway. <laughs> so I'm going to play this clip. Michelle, check out my project for the science fair. This is what the inside of your brain looks like. I got cauliflower on my head. No, but once you put a lima bean up your nose. Uh, Buenos dias, Las Tanneritas. Ew. Sad looking breakfast. Kimmy, this is what's inside your head. Half a brain. <laughs> I don't want Dad to see this until the science fair. So remember, you guys never saw my brain. I never saw it used anyway. <laughs> so Danny comes into the kitchen to sit down with the girls at the table, tell them they're going to have a family meeting. And he talks to them about him realizing when Joey and Jesse left to shoot their commercial that this is the first time that he and the girls will be alone in the house together. It's like, yeah, dawned on me. This will be the first time since Jesse and Joey moved in that we'll be able to spend a few days together, just the four of us. And Kimmy's like, you mean the five of us? Danny just looks at Kimmy and says, I can count, Kimmy. Thank you. He's just so excited. Like, he's telling them, you know, I've always had someone here to watch you girls and everything. And help out. But this is the first time I'll be, do you know, we'll, you'll, we'll be alone and be doing this together. So he tells them nobody make dinner plans. And Stephanie reminds Danny, like, hey, don't forget the science fair this afternoon after school. And he's like, oh, I can't wait to see what your surprise is. And Michelle, of course, is like, I know what it is. And Stephanie just looks at Michelle like, Michelle? And she's like, no, I don't. Like, yeah, you were told not to say anything, Mrs. Four-Year-Old. So Stephanie heads out the door to school, and Kimmy lets DJ know, you know, she almost totally forgot, you know, hanging out, all this family togetherness and stuff. Turns out Kathy Santoni was going to play Juliet, and DJ is her understudy. Kathy Santoni's out because she's home with a stomach flu, and of course... The girls celebrate, like, yes! And he stands up like, girls, I don't think it's nice to celebrate your friend's digestive problem. So, okay, so this is a drama festival. This is not a, a play play. It, I'm guessing there's, like, a bunch of different things that they're doing, acts and talent show or whatever. 
But DJ explains to Danny that she is the understudy, which means she gets to be Juliet. And Danny slaps high five with Dee, like, sweet, that sounds like a good deal for you. And she tells Danny, look, it's Wednesday afternoon, you'll be there, right? And he's like, I wouldn't miss it for the world. And he gets Michelle ready to go to preschool as he heads out the door to work. Oh, he's... Meanwhile, going through his entire itinerary of responsibilities. I'm going to go to the market. I'm going to clean the house. going to make a big dinner. Oh, <laughs> buy Kathy Santoni a get well card. And still have time to put a hot dinner on the table as he picks up Michelle. It's like, impossible, you ask? Not for Super Dad. This is the first Super Dad reference. The first of many, I might add, that we're going to get this episode. So I'm going to play this clip. DJ's going to figure out that Stephanie's science fair and her little Shakespeare festival thing going on now that she's got the role of Juliet is right around the same time. Danny neglected to realize that. Well, that's what happens when you got more than one kid and they got an event on the same day. Girls, gather around. It's time for a little family meeting. You know, when Julie and Uncle Jesse left this morning to shoot the commercial, it dawned on me. This is the first time we're going to have a few days to spend together, just the four of us. You mean the five of us. <laughs> Kimmy, I can count. <laughs> the point is, there's always been someone in the house helping me out. So this is the first time I get to spend some time with you girls all by myself. So hey, nobody make dinner plans, okay? I'm there for you, Dad. Dad, don't forget about the science for after school tomorrow. I can't wait to see that big surprise project. Okay, so I know what it is. Show? No, I don't. <laughs> Bye, Dad. Bye-bye. Oh, Deej, I got so wrapped up in this family togetherness, I almost forgot. Kathy Santoni's home with a stomach flu. All right! <laughs> Girls, it's not really nice to celebrate your friend's digestive disorders. But I'm her understudy. This means I get to be Juliet in the drama festival. All right. <laughs> it's on Wednesday afternoon. You'll be there, right? I wouldn't miss it for anything. Okay, Michelle, arms up. Great. First, I am going to take you to preschool, and then I am going to go to work, and then do the marketing, clean the house, send Kathy Santonia get well card, and still have time to put a hot dinner on the table. Impossible, you say? For the average father, yes. But not for me, because I am Super Dad. Super Dad, flying out the door. Super Dad, you can eat right off my floor. Super Dad! Wait a minute. Tomorrow is Wednesday. How can Dad be at Stephanie's Science Fair when it's the same day as my drama festival? He can be in two places at once. He's Super Dad! <laughs> So Danny's got his own little uh, Super Dad song. He's like, Super Dad, flying right off the door. Super Dad, you can eat right off my floor. DJ realizes that tomorrow is Wednesday, meaning it's the same day as Ste her Shakespeare drama festival is the same day as Stephanie's science fair. How can Dad be in two places at once? Well, if we... We've seen this done on many, many, many sitcoms. And even after this, we've seen it done multiple times where a character has to be in two places at once. Actually, Punky Brewster did a pretty decent episode of that when Punky Brewster in season 
four, three, four. Um, she made a date with two cute little boy, young boys. Uh, and she made a date. Same time, different movies. And she had to keep swapping theaters as she was continuing on one date, going up to supposedly go to the bathroom, get some snacks, popcorn, whatever, and then going into the theater to see the other movie. I'm sure there are, have been other instances where people have like, I gotta be in two places at once, how am I gonna do this kind of scenario? There would have been, this could have been doable, and we'll learn later that it can be workable. And Kimmy's like, oh, he can do it. He's super dad. <laughs> uh, I gotta say, I'm really liking Kimmy's jean jacket. It's got like black and white checkered racing uh, on uh, the collar. And it's got like some blue or no, uh, like uh, violet colored and kind of like lime greenish like lines on it. It's just really it's got a lot of different like patterns and stuff on it. It's really cool. I really like it. And her uh purple headband actually goes good with oh she's got a purple backpack too. That's cool. Alright now let's get to Jesse and Joey who are in the woods. They have a camera set up with a big um spotlight on it right it's aimed right at that fox's hole. That fox is not coming out. Uh, yes, the animal is most likely nocturnal, but would you come out if there's a big bright light like right at your entry and exit hole? I mean, I'm sure it's probably got an exit hole. And I've seen the fox and the hound, okay? They have an exit hole in that hole that they dug. You have to, as if you have to have a plan B, you have to have an exit hole. What if a predator is at your that hole that you go into and you can't escape? You gotta have an exit hole. So that's probably what it's doing. It's leaving through the exit hole and going back in through the exit hole. Yeah, he's not gonna come up with you like, Oh my gosh, we've been here for three hours, Joseph, the fox is not coming up. Well, if you're gonna scream like that, I can assure you it is not gonna pop out of the hole. It's just not gonna do it. So... They're doing a commercial for Fox fax machines. Joey's trying to be positive with saying, hey, just think how great this commercial's going to be. The fox is going to pop out of the hole. It's going to zoom right past the camera and you'll hear Fox fax machines. For fast fax, fax with a fox. Are they going to like take the footage and kind of do something kind of cool with it, or is it just going to be just of the footage that they've shot of the fox in the hole in the woods? Like, instead of it being, the, like, the background being the foxhole in the wooded area, they're going to take the image of the fox, and they're going to use some, like, computer graphics or CGI. I mean, this is 1993. I don't know how much CGI was around them, but I'm sure they'd be able to take that image and, like, kind of do what they need to for the sake of the commercial. So at one point when they're doing their advertising company, which they're still kind of doing at this point, it was just doing radio jingles. Now they've actually moved into, because they have their own production company, they're doing actual commercials that you would put on the television. Jesse did not come equipped for staying out in the woods for... I mean, if this is the same time... Um, 
that this aired. Clearly, it's got to be, right? Because after this episode is the Happy New Year episode. Clearly, it's in December. Even though they're in California, I would say it's got to be, what, maybe 50 degrees? Jesse's wearing a leather jacket. Who are you trying to impress in the woods? The animals? They don't care. They most likely don't want you in their area. You're invading their territory. They're not going to be impressed by your leather jacket. Oh my gosh, I just thought, how cool would it be if that fox could be wearing a leather jacket? I could just picture that in my head with a fox that looks like Danny Zuko from Greece. (laughs) So yeah, Jesse's cold. Joey's like got this huge parka on with like a faux fur lined hood which luckily none of the animals uh, luckily it's not real fur because he'd probably be in big trouble those animals are like you killed one of our brethren we're out for blood get that red paint (laughs) but Joey takes his off like oh I'm sweating here you go he says I'm sweating like a heifer in a hot tub (laughs) Jesse it's his own fault for being unprepared he wanted to look cool for the wilderness animals that don't care Joey's even wearing, like, a, a light jacket or windbreaker underneath, so he at least prepared. So Joey's telling Jesse, like, you need to lose the attitude because animals can sense bad vibes. That's probably why we haven't seen the fox. Here's your your anger and your tone of voice, and it's like, no, no, I, I don't want to go up there. Not me. But Jesse thinks it's so simple. Joey, go over there to the foxhole, put in some good vibes so the fox will pop its head out. Yeah, so the fox will come out and play with us. I can't think of any movie that had a fox in it except for Fox and the Hound up to this point in 1990. Do you guys know of any other fox movie? I think there's like, I can't even remember what it's called, but it's like some CGI'd fox with a girl and... It's narrated by Kate Winslet or something. I can't even remember what it's called, but... I'm just trying to think, like, what other movies out there that center around a fox? I don't think there are any but Fox and the Hound. Maybe that's what he's going... You know, that's his reference. So I'm going to play this clip. This is just them, just Jesse and Joey... Trying to come up with, I mean, you got one who's kind of sweet, one, Jesse's definitely on the salty side. They sometimes can come up with good ideas. I guess the alternative to this is just going to the zoo and shooting a fox, you know, footage of a fox there. Like, well, if whoever you're, if you guys got the equipment or sending it to whoever, to have the equipment and computer-generated stuff to, like, take the bars away and just do whatever they need to do for the sake of the commercial, then whatever. Yeah, go to the zoo, then, and film a fox. Don't go into their territory and start interrogating them. It seems like they're maybe not so much interrogating them, but just harassing the fox. That's kind of what they're doing. They're harassing the fox. Joseph, we've been out here for three hours. The fox is not coming out. I hate it out here. Patience, my friend. Just think how great our commercial's gonna be. When that fox pops out of his hole and zips across the forest, as we hear, Fox Fax Machines. For a fast fax, fax with a fox. 
Forget the fox. I'm freezing my fanny. Here, take my jacket. I'm sweating like a heifer in a hot tub. That. Hey, mellow out, amigo. Animals can sense bad vibes. Oh, yeah? Why don't you shoot some good vibes right into the hole so the fox will come out and play with us? All right. I will. All right. It's me, your next door neighbor, Mr. Woodchuck. Would you like to come out into the forest and frolic with me? The trees are made of wood. Right, cut the voices. Stick your hand in there and yank the fox out. No way, I know my cartoons. I put my hand in there, he gives me a stick of dynamite. He's not wily coyote. Yeah. All right, you furry-faced rodent, get your little fox buns out here right now. Nope. They don't listen. I wouldn't. That's it. We'll get the shot at the zoo. I'm going home. Oh, crap. Uh. Hello. No sudden moves. You scare that skunk, he sprays us. We don't go on a date for a year. Excuse me one moment. I'm, I'm just going to be right over here. Feel free to use our uh, roll-on deodorant if needed. <laughs> Joseph, do something. All right. I, uh, I got a plan. I speak skunk. <laughs> Bonjour, Monsieur Skunk. It is moi, Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> Look, over there in the forest, a beautiful lady skunk. Run to her, you stinky stud. <laughs> Ooh la la. <laughs> Joey, it's the fox. Turn on the camera. No way, I'm not getting skunked. There goes the skunk. There goes the fox. Oh, 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 come back here. Nope. Bye. Great. Now what do we do? Well, let's just sit and enjoy the beauty of the forest at night. It's the uh, forest, but listen. there's a lamp post there. But <laughs> 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 you knock it off. Jess, you just have to open yourself up to the natural beauty that surrounds us. What beauty? There's no central heating, no pizza delivery, no place to plug in my blow dryer. Just, you haven't noticed there's no people out here. You want to know why? Because as soon as man invented cars, he drove out of here. Why do you have to yell? You yell at me, you yell at these poor little creatures. Oh, at least I don't talk to them in stupid little voices. Joseph, I hate to burst the bubble that you live in, but very few of these animals have ever watched cartoons. You know, you are really starting to bum me out. Are you happy? I was in a great mood and you just ruined it. Actually, I do feel a little better, yeah. <laughs> so Joey kneels down by the foxhole. <laughs> this is not going to work, Joey. So, Joey ends up doing a Mr. Woodchuck voice. Now, we haven't officially been introduced, like, 
to Mr. Woodchuck in his physical form, which I believe doesn't happen till at least, I think, season five. And while Joey's doing his Mr. Woodchuck impression, thinking the squirrel, the squirrel, I just said squirrel, the fox is just going to pop his little fuzzy face out of that hole and like, oh, Woodchuck, oh, that sounds good. What? You're not a woodchuck and you don't smell like... Yeah, he can smell humans outside of his den. He is not coming out. Although, then again, is this a male fox? Is it a female fox? I don't know. And as soon as Joey opens his mouth and starts doing his woodchuck impression, Jesse is just like, you gotta be joking. How could I have expected any less from you, Joey? Jesse's had enough as he slaps Joey on the shoulder and is like, Hey, cut the voices. Put your arm in there and yank out the fox. Okay, I don't think Joey's going to get aggressive. To- Jesse's definitely aggressive. But Joey isn't going to... Who's to say that the rocks... The fox... Rocks? The fox? <laughs> Who's to say that the... Fox doesn't, I mean, I'm sure it doesn't have rabies, but then again, I mean, it's out in the wild. Animals like that can carry things, you know, diseases and whatnot. And it's like, you need to put yourself in that fox's shoes. Would you come out if you were him and there were two adults that were yelling at each other and getting right in my personal space? No. So Joey, of course, like, hey, no way am I doing that. I know my cartoons. I stick my arm in there. He hands me dynamite. Okay, the fox is not Wiley Coyote. I'm trying to think what fox has been in a cartoon that I can think of. Because I remember that cartoon of Wiley Coyote. Isn't that the one where he... Was that Wiley Coyote that was doing that? He was, like, going to go eat some sheep or something? And this dog with this uh, red hair on top of his head, you couldn't see its eyes. It was there to guard the sheep. And <laughs> it's a funny Looney Tunes cartoon, but no, 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 no. So now Jesse goes over to the foxhole and starts screaming at the fox to get his little furry fox butt cheeks out here so we can take a picture of you and film you without his consent of course you want me to come out there with you and be on camera i don't know if i want to do that jesse's had enough he turns off this big spotlight that has been on the entire time at that aimed at that fox's den hole he's like that's it we're just gonna get the shot of the zoo did you call up the zoo and get permission Jesse leans down, their stuff is by this log, and he's going to get his something or other, and of course, who should appear on the log, or what should appear on the log, but a skunk. I love Jesse's reaction, like, <laughs> hello, and Joey is telling Jesse what's probably already going through Jesse's head is not to move. Joey's like, no sudden moves. You scare that skunk and he sprays us. We don't have dates for a year. Um, Jesse's already engaged to Rebecca at this point. I don't really foresee him wanting to go out on dates. And it's not like you can't get cleaned up with tomato juice and whatever else. Other remedies that you can do to get rid of that stench of skunk. 
Joey, on the other hand, needs as much help as he can when, he, you know, to get girls. So, yeah, I think it's more of a problem for him than Jesse. So Jesse is like, oh, um, you know, I'm gonna be over here, as he says to the skunk. And I love this line. He's like, feel free to use our roll-on deodorant. <laughs> I love that line. So Jesse goes over to Joey, grabs him, and is like, he's basically clinging to Joey like, Joseph, do something. And, of course, what does Joey do? The same thing he did at the foxhole. He's going to do an impression of Peppy Le Pew. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, I got a plan. I speak skunk. It's like, oh, here we go. What are your old impressions of Peppy Le Pew? He is definitely one of the, I mean, that poor cat. I just, I always felt for her. It's like, she doesn't want your advances. Uh, you're getting all up in her Kool-Aid. Like, just, if she's not into it, she's not into it. And he clearly does not know anything about boundaries and personal space. As Joey starts doing the bonjour, Mr. Skunk. Jesse just looks at him like, oh, we're back at this again. Uh, this is the only, uh thing you have in your arsenal to use is the voices I love Joey when he's like see there's a beautiful lady skunk over there run to her you stinky stud <laughs> I love it oh here we go as he's doing okay so the fox doesn't come out for old Mr. Woodchuck but he will come out for Peppy Le Pew this fox is adorable I wonder if the redness or the orangeness and their fur kind of starts to dull and fade as the months get colder and then in the spring it's like more like vibrant looking because I'm looking at some foxes now like some of them they're all different uh, breeds and um, of fox here and some a lot of them um, there, you see the orange is, like, really, really bright, and then, and there's other pictures where it's kind of dull. So, you know what, I want to, I'm going to look this up right now. I'm just kind of curious to see if a fox is for, like, dolls when it gets colder. Does the fox's fur get dull in the colder months? Let's see. What's it say? Um, no, I don't want to. I don't. Not an Arctic fox. A fox fox. All right. Let's ask Surrey. Maybe he knows. Does a fox's fur get dull in the colder months? I found this on the web. I have no idea. Um, that would require more research than I care to do. It's cute! I like the fox, it's adorable. Of course, Jesse notices the fox has popped out of his little fox hole. And he's like, Joey, get the camera! Turn it on! And Joey is like, no, I'm not moving! I move and that thing is... That skunk is on us and that's... We're gonna be sprayed. I could just see them trying to run away and the fox like walking backwards with its tail up and just <laughs> with its little uh, puff of stink smell. Its little, you know, stink cloud just. <laughs> Finally, the skunk departs. And of course, as the skunk departs, 
sadly, so does the fox. And their opportunity, once again, to capture this beautiful creature on film. And Jesse apparently thinks that he can shout at the fox to make it come back. Like, get back here! I'm trying to think, what is this thing? There's, is it a lamp? Is it, like, another lighting thing for them set up? Because they already have that spotlight where the camera is. But would they have another light there just for added effect? Joey suggests they just sit down, enjoy the nature of the woods. And Joey starts doing his little nature sounds, like a hooting owl, crickets... Um, a snake with a... <laughs> Jesse's, like, going along with it at first, but he's finally like, Ugh, enough with the voices. Jesse's like, Oh, I hate the woods. And Joey says, You know what? You need to open yourself up to the natural beauty of it all. I honestly feel if Joey went there by himself and got the footage, it would have been fine. Do they honestly both need to be there? Because Jesse's negative attitude is not helping those animals. Jesse, of course, is all like, there's no beauty here. There's no central heating or pizza delivery or a place to plug in his blow dryer. Dude, you're gone for a night. You can't go a night without your blow dryer. But then again, this is the same person that thought a leather jacket would be enough to keep him warm in December. And like... 45 degree weather. And Jesse, of course, is complaining about the fact that there's no people out there. Why would there be? You're not in a camping site. You're just, you walked into the woods, you found a foxhole, and you're like, well, we'll just wait it out until he comes out and get. <sighs> if there were a bunch of people there, those animals would not be setting up shop there. They don't go to be with the people, they go for their own, you know. They want to be where they're comfortable. They're not, they don't want to be around people. They want to be in their own element. Joey is like, dude, why do you have to yell? You're yelling at me. You're yelling at these poor creatures that did nothing. They didn't ask us to come here. Joey, or Jesse just fires back with, look, Joseph. At least I don't talk to them in stupid little vo- cartoon voices. These animals, I hate to break it. I hate to burst your bubble. But none of them have ever watched cartoons. At least Joey is somewhat respecting the animals by not giving off a negative vibe. And Joey's had enough of Jesse's attitude. It's like, you know what? You are really starting to bum me out. I was in a happy mood. And then here you come along and just ruin it. And of course, Jesse smiles at this like, oh yeah, yeah, that, that does sound nice. It's like... T- don't you just hate that you're going somewhere with somebody and they're in a bad attitude? They're having a bad attitude, but then you're trying to have a nice attitude until eventually their bad attitude kind of seeps into your own until the point of. All right, so Danny and Michelle are getting ready to set the table. And he's making dinner and all that stuff. And, of course, he's like, do you want to be Daddy's special helper? You can help set the table. So Danny is trying to do so much at once. Just because the 
dryer dings and then the everything's happening at once and he's trying to do everything at once the dryer dings then the oven timer dings danny's got the clothes basket under his arm he's trying to get his tuna noodle casserole then the phone rings it's like it's not hard to prioritize the dryer can wait get the food out of the oven so it doesn't burn and then get the phone or Michelle's right there. Just have her pick it up and say who's there. Or Tanner residence. He's trying to prove this whole super dad thing. It's like, but you can prioritize what needs to be done first. Get the food out of the oven before it burns. Get the phone. Then you can get your <laughs> your stuff out of your dryer. It Nothing's going to happen to it. I promise your clothes won't be set on fire because you left it into the dryer. Hi, Michelle. How would you like to be Daddy's special helper and finish setting the table? It would be my pleasure. Thank you. Oh, clothes are dry. Ooh, my famous tuna noodle casserole. Can't wait to smell this. I better get that. It might be the phone. Okay. Coming. Like you can hear me. Hello, Super Dad. Oh, yeah, hi, Becky. Yeah, you know what? I really don't need your housekeeper. No, this single-parent stuff's a piece of cake. Oh, really? Oh, gotta go. That's my vegetable medley. Uh, no, I, I really gotta go now, because my, my shorts are cooked and my noodles are dry. Oh, hello. Get on that. Super dad. Michelle, what are you doing? Being a special helper. When did he ever say he takes stuff out of the fridge and well, put it on the table? thank you very much, but would you please put all the condiments back in the refrigerator? Preferably arranged the way you found them, in alphabetical order. If someone who can't spell this is going to be hard. Please put everything back, okay? Yeah, Danny's trying to do the definition of multitasking here. He's got the laundry basket, which looks like it probably could be replaced. Um, got that under his arm. He's trying to get the tuna casserole. Apparently he's got, like, the vegetable medley, as he refers to it, in the microwave, because we see him pop that open. He's also on the phone with Becky, who, I guess, recommended he use her maid service. He's like, oh, no, this single-parent stuff is a piece of cake. <laughs> yeah. So when he turns to Michelle... He's, oh, um, yeah, he's stretching out that phone cord to the point where it just, uh, gets unplugged, because you can only drag that thing so far, and it kind of cuts Becky off. And <laughs> he's looking at Michelle's taking everything, she's got one of those little, like, Fisher-Price shopping carts from the, uh, late 80s, early 90s, and she managed to get all the condiments out of the fridge and put it on to the table. And he's like, what are you doing? He's irritated with her. Like, what are you doing, Michelle? And she's like, I'm just putting everything on the table like you said. And he's like, well, no, just the condiments. She's four years old? Would a four-year-old know what condiments are? I mean, we know they're like ketchup, mustard, you know, pick whatever you consider condiment, mayo, um, 
40-year-old is not going to know what condiments are. And he's like, just put everything back, okay? And make sure you do it in alphabetical order. For a child who can't spell, let alone does not know the definition of condiments, you're asking quite a bit, because she's even like, are you talking to me? He's like, just put everything back. DJ comes in, he's like, hey, Juliet, how's it going with the play? And she's like, yeah, um... A lot of tough work. Had to do that kissing scene like 15 times. Danny's like, oh, that's, wait, 15 times? Really? It's like, yeah. <laughs> but you're going to be there, right? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, wouldn't miss it. I'm going to be in the front row with a bucket of cold water. <laughs> Hello, oh, real quick, uh, going back to the phone call with Becky. As the dryer keeps beeping, the oven keeps going off. And he's like, oh, I got to go. My, uh... My shorts are cooked and my noodles are dry. <laughs> Let's take a little looksy look here at what Michelle. She's got the Omni Hammer Baker's baking soda. She looks like she's got those like pickle chips or whatever. Um, looks like uh, Hershey's chocolate that you put in like milk chocolate. A big thing of ketchup, like a Costco sized thing of ketchup. They got like three different versions of like pickles. On this kitchen table. Oh, something I think that might be like some form of a, like a ham, like, you know, spam ham. And some other something or other back there that I can't really tell. And Michelle is like so proud of herself as she's setting everything up. And you, they're having like tuna casserole. That is like the most basic dish a parent could make. Come on, Danny. I mean, I get it's just him and the girls. It's not like all the family. I mean, I like tuna a, a little, but Jer luckily Jeremy's not a huge tuna fan. In fact, I think he despises tuna. Um, so we've never had it in all the years that we've been married and together. So One time I got a really bad, like, fishy tasting. Like, I made myself, like, a sandwich, like, years and years and years ago. And I think that kind of, like, threw me off of liking it. But I'll have, like, this every great once in a while, I will get, like, a Subway tuna fish sub. The shirt that Kimmy is wearing underneath that racing checkered flag uh, denim jacket is a white shirt that's also got a checkered flag. And it's got like the little like lime green purple swirly picture on it. Like the type of swirly like if you want to like hypnotize somebody like that actually works. I can't believe DJ's like, no, you're going to be there, right? You promised. And she already knows that Stephanie's thing is on the same day. It's almost like she's trying to lock him down into this promise. And what irritates me the most is the fact that they have seen her in a play before. So it's not like Danny can't say, honey, I wish I could do it, but... I'd like to at least put your sister first for a change. We, it's not like we've not seen you in a play before. And she only got this part because someone was sick with like stomach, the stomach flu. And it's not like DJ wouldn't be in another play down the road, I'm sure, at some point. We cut back to the kitchen table, completely bare. She's not only taken all the condiments off the table, she's taken off... The plates, the silverware, the table mats underneath, or the place settings underneath. 
And he's just like, Michelle, what are you doing? She's like, you told me to take everything off. She's like, no, sweetie, he said you're still condiments. But then again, she's four. No four-year-olds know what the term condiments are. Why is he so angry with her? It's like, Michelle, why did you clear off everything off the table? He's so angry with her. Like, dude, relax. She's four. You need to be cutting your four-year-old some slack. I gotta hand it to Michelle. She's like, I'm just doing what you told me to do. Like, what? Michelle gets frustrated. I'm with Michelle. She's like, this is not my fault. And it's not, sweetie. It's not your fault. It's Danny's. He needs to be specific with you. You're a little kid. Okay, he does apologize. Like, honey, I know it's not your fault. It's my fault. Thank you, Danny, for taking the responsibility of the fault. Because it clearly lies with you. Yeah, he just says, sweetie, just put the silver and the t uh, plates back on the table. And she's like, are you sure this time? He's like, yeah. Stephanie comes down like, hey, let's eat. I gotta put some finishing touches on my science project. And <laughs> should I run a quota to see how many times Super Dad is mentioned in this episode? I swear we gotta be at least up to four or five. Well, as Danny had offered to help, we know that Stephanie wants us to be a surprise. Like, you can't help because it's going to be a surprise, remember? And of course she says, it's for tomorrow, you know, at the science fair. I want you to be surprised. Like, uh, uh tomorrow. And he's like, Wednesday. Like, uh, and she's like, uh-huh, yeah, I told you this morning. When you promised that you would be there. And Danny's like, Deej, isn't that when you're doing Romeo and Juliet? And she's like, uh-huh. And Kimmy's like, bingo, super. Kimmy, you can go home. Your presence is no longer needed right now. Actually, it was never needed to begin with for this episode. But can you get out of here? Thank you. This is a family matter and you are not part of the family yet. You will be in about 30 years. But not right now. So Danny, of course, is now stuck at a crossroads. It's like, girls, I'm sorry. I know I promised you. I didn't know I'd promise you both. And Stephanie's like, but dad, you promised me first. And I'm like, I want Stephanie. You did promise her first. And DJ, as the eldest, gets so much attention. You need to give your middle child some attention, too. I'm trying to think. Some of the episodes... There was season five with the Gotta Dance episode, and then there's season... Isn't season four the one with um, the Spelling Bee episode? So we get a couple with Stephanie where she has something going on, but it seems like there's always something going on with DJ, whether it's a play, whether it's her setting up uh, a fundraiser for the school. She's always putting together things, and he's always helping her out put your middle child first once in a while danny and dj don't care she's like oh tell her you're coming with me dad and Stephanie's like no dad tell her you're coming with me and danny of course is being pulled in two separate directions well of course kimmy's gotta state the obvious like we don't already know she's like oh wow this would make a great game show which daughter do you love more <sighs> go home kimmy he just kind of pushes her through the kitchen door into the living room like, you can leave, bye. Of course, DJ's like, Dad, now you said you wouldn't miss me playing Juliet for anything. I remember, Dad, I'm like, you know, I did see you a couple of years ago playing uh, the princess in the Frog Prince play. So don't act like I've never seen you in anything. I... 
really do not like DJ's attitude. She is a brat. Not just saying that because you know how much I I like Stephanie because she's so awesome. But DJ is just on her high horse, like, oh, I'm the eldest child. Every I should get everything I want. Like, get anyone else's feelings. And Danny is like, honey, I know I said that, but I don't know. And Stephanie cuts in with, what? You're not coming to my science fair? And we get a same line from Mr. B- Goodbye, Mr. Bear. How could you do this to me? It's like, yeah, Stephanie doesn't ask for a lot. Because if you think, like I said, she's the middle child. She does her best to get by and everything. And she's only asking for one thing. There are going to be a bunch of fundraisers that DJ's going to, dances that DJ's going to set up and ask you guys to help. Career day, that's another thing. Why don't you do Stephanie a solid and do this for her? I'm sorry, guys, I am siding 100% with Stephanie on this. So Stephanie goes upstairs, and I like what Danny says to DJ. She's like, good choice, Dad. And he turns around and is like, I never said I was going with you. And DJ's all like, but you promised me. He's like, I know I did. I'd be like, but I promised Stephanie first. She's like, fine, break a promise. Why don't you just go with Stephanie? I'm like, good, yeah, I, I planned to go. I was never going to go see your play. <laughs> Of course, <laughs> we got the Michelle with the table. He's like, Daddy, I'm finished. And he's like, honey, nobody's eating right now as he goes upstairs. We see DJ saying, Stephanie, I'm sick of you ruining my life. I'm going to sleep in Uncle Jesse's room. And she slams the door. Stephanie's like, fine, slams the door. Michelle's like, fine, slams the door. And Danny's like, Michelle, what's wrong with you? She's like, nothing. I love this game. Fine. <laughs> so I'm going to play this clip. Juliet, how was rehearsal? It was hard work. I must have done that kissing scene with Romeo 15 times. Well, that's all part of 15 times? Oh, yeah. I had a lot of catching up to do. You bet. But you're coming tomorrow like you promised, right? Hey, I'm going to be right there in the front row with a bucket of cold water. (laughs) Michelle? Why did you clear everything off of the table? You said put everything back. Yeah, you did see everything. Yeah, well, I meant the condiments, not the plates and the silverware. Does she know what condiments are? That's not my fault. <laughs> so I think your food is done, too, because you didn't get that out of the Honey, oven. I know it's not your fault. It, it's my fault, okay? Now, please, just put the plates and the silverware back on the table. Are you sure this time? Yes, I'm sure this time. Well, all right. <laughs> I gotta put the finishing touches on my science project. Great. If you need any extra help, Super Dad is here for you. Thanks, Dad, but can't see my project until tomorrow at the science fair. Tomorrow? Wednesday? Yeah, that's what she said this morning. Teach. isn't that when you're doing Romeo and Juliet? <laughs> Bingo, Super Dad. Oh, I am so sorry, girls. I didn't realize I promised you both. But you promised me first. <laughs> Really? Tell her you're coming with me, Dad. No, tell her you're coming with me, Dad. Wow, this would make a great game show, Mr. T. Who do you love more? Kimmy, you don't go home. Kimmy, let's see what's behind door number one. Oh, would you look at that? It's the exit. Thank you for playing our game. Dad, you said you wouldn't miss me playing Juliet for anything. He's seen you know in I other plays, that, DJ. You're not coming to my science fair? How could you do this to me? Staff. Oh my gosh, you're choice, Dad. I didn't say I was going with you. But you promised me. I know I promised you, Deej. Oh, fine. Break a promise. Why don't you just go with Stephanie? 
Well, he Dang. will, you brat. It's at the table again. Honey, we're not eating right now. He's driving me bananas. <laughs> Girls, let's talk about this. Stephanie, I'm sick of you wrecking my life and sleeping in Uncle Jesse's room. Fine. Well, I get to Danny talking to the girls and trying to figure the best way to handle the situation. I gotta go with um, Power Mandan's how he kind of figured this should work. Or was it in the trivia? Um, Danny could go to the beginning of DJ's play. It's a science fair, right, for Stephanie? She's in fourth grade. I'm guessing that's going to be all the kids. That's going to be a lot of kids. Grades one through three. Just stay to see DJ's play for a little bit, you know, and try to just juggle both if humanly possible. I mean, it is a workable situation. But Danny is pretty much going for all or nothing. So Danny starts out with, all right, we got two events and one parent. Now that's what I call dilemma. And you know what I say when you have a dilemma. When life gives you dilemmas, you make dilemmonade. And they just kind of look at him like, you're not helping. You're stalling. Can you just tell which one of us you're going to, which one of our events you're going to go to so we can um, get, basically, let's just stop trying to torture us and get over with. So Danny, before he gives him his decision, he tells him he loves all three of his girls exactly the same. I don't believe that in any capacity and I don't think the viewers believe that. I don't think the girls believe that either. We all know that Michelle has always been your special favorite, whereas your eldest daughter, DJ, is always Oh my gosh, you gotta spend time with DJ. Oh my gosh, DJ's not talking to me. And with Stephanie, it's all like, I'll get to you when I can get to you, Stephanie. Other sisters need... Perfect example, um, Middle Age Crazy, I'll get to that episode. <laughs> but it just feels like Stephanie is stuck in the middle all the time. She's getting the chef from both sides. Like, she's not... Michelle's like, she's not the baby and she's not the oldest. She's right in the middle. Stephanie and DJ will not even look at each other. They're as far apart as that kitchen table will let them be. So Danny does tell DJ that he sorry he's sorry, but he cannot go to her play. Stephanie's excited, like, yes! And he's like, Well, yeah, I promised you that I would go to your science fair thing before I even heard of your play, which might I add, I still I've seen you in plays before, so Again, DJ, don't ask like I've never done any of this stuff for you. And DJ is just, if this were not a clean podcast, oh, I would tell you what I think of her right now. But she's just being a spoiled brat. There is no excuse for this kind of behavior. And I still think if Pam had lived, these girls, DJ and Michelle especially, would not be like this because Pam would have put a stop to that behavior immediately. 
she's like, oh my gosh, you're not coming? And he's like, look, honey, the next time you're in a play, I'll see you twice, okay? I honestly think this is the last play that DJ is in on the show that we even hear about. Because, yeah, that was, that was right. That one person had said Stephanie would be doing a scene from Romeo and, Ju- Romeo and Juliet in the series finale. She plays Juliet. I don't hear her barking down Danny's door to say, Dad, come see me in this play. Okay, so when I thought this cauliflower monstrosity was a main course, no, the tuna casserole is the main course, and then, of course, Stephanie's going to have a spitz fit here because uh, of Danny's little vegetable nightmare when she realizes what it is. Danny takes the top off of the cookware, sets it on the table, Stephanie takes one of those pronged forks, sticks it in, and pulls out this huge half a head of cauliflower. It's got a red tomato. It's got what looks like some purple onion thing going on and a couple other little uh, green veggie things. And she's like, oh my gosh, my science fair project. What is that stuff sticking on it? And not to mention... Usually when you serve cauliflower, don't you, oh, I don't know, cut it up? This is like half a cauliflower head. Are we all just supposed to saw away at it like it's a Thanksgiving turkey? Because that looks like what you'd be doing. And I, I, I don't know. What, those veggies, do cauliflowers normally get served with a red tomato, a purple onion, and an asparagus piece? That sounds like a weird assortment. And Danny's like, what? You made a side dish for a science project? Stephanie explains, it was a brain. And you boiled it. And Danny's like, oh, honey, I'm sorry. I thought Uncle Jesse left us this for dinner. What? You know, Jesse, you've seen how he cooks. Does he cook like that? So DJ, of course, worms her way into this conversation. Oh, this is a real tragedy. Speaking of tragedies, Romeo and Juliet is one of the best. Like, stop. And Stephanie's family is like, well, I guess Dad can see it now. Of course, Michelle, we got to get a little comedic humor in here. She's like, I'm hungry. Can I have some brain, please? (laughs) Oh, God, kid. So he puts it on her plate. No, put it back in the pot. Let it cool off. It'll be fine. Where's the other half? I thought there was like more than one. I thought there was like one's the left side and one's the right side. So I'm going to play this clip. I'm sure you guys must agree with me that DJ is being a mega brat. Okay, now we've got two events and one parent. That's what I call a dilemma. And you know my motto... When life gives you dilemmas, you make delemonade. Dad, you're stalling. Okay, before I tell you my decision, you both understand that I love all my girls exactly the same. You know that, don't you? Okay, good. Now, DJ, I'm sorry I cannot go to your play. Yes! I promised you I'd go to your science fair before I even knew about DJ's play. Oh, great, so that's it? You're not coming? Honey, I I promise, next time you're in a play, I'll see you twice, okay? Let's just be together and have a nice dinner. 
I made my fabulous tuna noodle casserole and some absolutely glorious steamed vegetables. Mmm, aha! made a side dish for a science project? It was a brain. And you boiled it. Oh, Steph, I, I'm so sorry. I, I thought Uncle Jesse left it for us for dinner. This is a real tragedy. Speaking of tragedies, Romeo and Juliet is one of the best. Well, I guess Dad can go see it now. I'm hungry. Can I have some brain, please? <laughs> All right, let's get back to Jesse and Joey in the woods. I'm going to play this clip because it looks like uh, their attitudes have switched. Jesse's all smiley, saying, hey, Mr. Squirrel, how you doing? Hey, Mr. Bird, what's up? <laughs> and someone else is Mr. Grouchy Puss. I'll give you one guess. You already know it's Joey. <laughs> Mr. Bird? Mr. Squirrel? How are you? Ah, uh, Joseph. This is so beautiful out here. I, I saw the most amazing sunrise. The sun was coming up over the lake. I could see the reflection of the trees and the mountains and talking to a pair of boots. Joey! Joseph, wake up! Wake up! Oh, man, I didn't sleep a wink. An army of ants turned me into an all-night salad bar. Ah, amigo. Smell the fresh air. Enjoy the virgin forest. Heck, hug a tree. Did you have a close encounter with a wood fairy? Uh, no, I was just thinking about what you said. You're absolutely right. I, I never realized how beautiful nature really is. It just puts me in such a great mood being out here. Here, Joe. Here, do a voice. Make Mr. Woodchuck do a voice. Come on, do Mr. Twig. How's Mr. Twig talk, huh? Hello, I'm Mr. Twig. How's he talk? Twigs do not talk. And why not? Because in the words of Mr. Woodchuck... <laughs> They're made of wood. Oh, that's pretty good. I got it down. <laughs> that's practicing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, they do look pretty appetizing. There we go. Oh, thanks for cheering me up. There I was like, that's nah, crappy too. I'm sorry. It's, this is great. I mean, it's. What do you say? You want to take a hike? I'll show you that lake. Yeah, it sounds great. I'll grab a couple of granola bars and toilet paper, and we're out of here. Until we meet again. Oh, it's a bird. Trails to you until we meet again. Get the camera, Joseph, and film our furry friend. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and bring the sunny weather. Happy trails to you till we meet. 
like that Jesse now has a new perspective. Maybe it took watching that sunrise and everything, kind of reflecting, you know, on his poor attitude and all that, and just maybe sometimes, you know, seeing a sunset, watching the sunrise, and just really being in the moment and just reflecting and thinking on things just really gets you in the right frame of mind and perspective. And that's honestly what Jesse needed here. Yeah, he's saying how the sun was coming up over the lake and he could see the reflection of the trees, mountains, and of course, Joey, he's talking what he thinks is to Joey's head, but he pulls back the sleeping bag and it's Joey's feet. Joey is actually at the bottom of his <laughs> sleeping bag. His head's at the where his feet normally would be. He pulls back the sleeping bag all the way and it's like, hey, Joseph, wake up, kind of lightly whacking him across the back of the head and Joey's complaining about how he didn't sleep a wink apparently the ants turned him into an all night salad bar that's interesting Joey's wearing like that light blue uh that blue spring jacket Jesse's back to wearing his uh he never took it off his leather jacket and I'm like where'd that big puffy winter coat go neither of them are wearing it yeah, Jesse's just all about, he's Mr. Wilderness here. It's like, smell the fresh air, enjoy the virgin forest. Heck, hug a tree. Yeah, Joey's irritated. He's like, did you have a close encounter with a wood fairy last night? No, Jesse says he just was thinking back on what Joey was saying and how he really needed to appreciate nature and everything and how gorgeous and beautiful it is. And I was talking with a couple of my podcast friends that I talk to from time to time, uh, Lauren and Becca, and we were having a discussion about how the difference between Jesse's anger and Joey's anger, Jesse's is more comedic in the I mean, I would even say maybe if you had to pick between like Jerry Seinfeld's anger, which is kind of comedic, the same with uh, Elaine and George, even Kramer, it's kind of somewhere within that it's it's funny because he's not like angry like he's gonna, you know, hurt somebody or something. Joey, on the other hand, his anger is like aggressive because it comes from inside and it builds up over a period of time where he tends to blow up at some like he lets it really kind of his anger kind of simmer to the point where it's like he's one of those nice people that if you push them hard enough they will get angry and those are the type of people you don't want to make angry because the things that they say they know how to lash out like personally Whereas Jesse, on the other hand, he's not, like, they're two totally different levels of anger. And that's what we were kind of discussing. As we get examples of Joey's anger, what was the, there's an episode in season one called Joey's Place when he went away two weeks for a comedy tour, came back, because he left feeling like he wasn't part of the family. I mean, Jesse is the kids' uncle, so there's blood there, but with Joey... He's just Joey. He's not an uncle. So when he gets back and everyone's still kind of ignoring him and he goes down, you know, he's like, where's all my stuff? What, you forward my mail to the gutter? And he's just so angry. 
of course, that melts away, evaporates as soon as he sees his new, uh, the garage turned into a really awesome looking bedroom. And even Jesse, it just seems like when other people are angry, he does try to cheer Joey up with the, like, oh, do the little twig, make a voice for the twig. And Joey is not, he's not biting it. He's like, twigs don't have a voice. And of course, this is just great how Jesse <laughs> does the Mr. Woodchuck voice. He's trying at this point. He's really trying. It's like when someone's angry, like, I am one of those people that will do my best to try to make someone, like, a little smirk, a little smile, just a little something. I can't deal with people being angry, whether it's at me or at a situation. So I do my best either to change the subject to get their their anger kind of, you know, leveled out and, like, lowered, or do whatever I possibly can to lighten the mood, like, anything. Nothing stresses me out more than someone who's in a, in a mood. But Joey finally, he, he breaks. That temper just kind of evaporates like the morning mist. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it's pretty great, what? Or what? <laughs> I can't really do a Mr. Woodchuck but voice. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's cute. And I love how, you know... Joey, like, I'm sorry, I was in a bad mood and everything. And even Jesse's like, yeah, I mean, I was in a bad mood. I didn't mean to take it out on you. And they just start singing the song, Happy Trails to You Until We Meet Again. And just the animals that come out. Oh, it's so cute. I want to get to the scene where the animals come out. Did Joey just say that he was a crab? Or did they say crap? It's, I'm listening to it again. And it sounds like they're like Jesse saying, oh, I was in a crappy mood. It sounds like they're saying crappy and not. Because I'm hearing peas where potentially there should be bees. Oh, yeah. He even says, hey, you want to go check out that lake that I saw with the sunrise and everything? It was really awesome. And Joey's like, yeah, let me get a roll of toilet paper and some granola bars and I'll be on my way. They just start whistling and singing that song together. And right away we see this bunny just hop into the background and then come up right on Jesse's left side, right on those little those rocks that he's sitting on. And it's just so adorable. And that rabbit definitely he's like a brown speckled rabbit. Or speckled. He's a brown rabbit, which is good because out in the wild you want to be able to melt in your sur- into your surroundings, you know, to hide from prey and everything. And the thing is with rabbits, since, you know, I've owned two, is they don't really make noise. They don't bark. They don't meow. You know, they're not cats or dogs. The only sound they will ever make, and you pray you never hear it, is when they scream. And that is because they are deathly afraid. And you just, you better hope, guys, that you never, ever hear that sound because it is very, very hard. I've never heard that from either Elfie or London. This rabbit's got to be either a domesticated rabbit or probably one that's been handled from the zoo. Oh, here we go. We got the raccoon coming up on Joey's left. And clearly the raccoon's probably was led there with a treat or something, because it's like gnashing its, you know, mouth like it's like chomping on like a treat or something. 
Oh, here we go. We got a possum. He's edging his way towards the sleeping bag. <laughs> Speaking of possums, I actually just saw one, um, I think it was last weekend. And it was rainy. It was icky, you know, overcast. I was just hanging out on my, I got an air mattress for my family room here. So that way I'm not like laying on the bare floor. But I was just reading and all of a sudden just up onto our back deck, there's this <laughs> possum and I'm like I'm taking pictures I'm like shooting a video of it it's just like oh it's so cute I remember when I was like a teenage like late teen I think I was driving at that point and there was this possum but it didn't look as nice as this this possum that I saw is just identical to this one I swear the one I saw when I was 17 had mange because it was like practically like bald it was like naked next to no fur whatsoever and it just stung to high heaven just stinky winky but it's just like oh so cool oh i'm gonna post that on the uh, on the site on the social media sites so you guys can see and i i nicknamed i i nicknamed him um this one that i saw recently uh thaddeus possumus <laughs> All right, to Joey's, uh, Jesse's right, we have a couple deer coming into uh, their little area. Aww. They, see, you just got to be singing the soft, gentle sounds, and the deer, the animals will know you're friendly. That bad haze, that vibe, that bad mojo, whatever you want to call it, just gone. Just, yeah. I love the audience. They're like, oh, this is cute. It definitely looks like one is a doe and one is like a fawn that's like just before it hits adolescence. Oh, I just saw that possum is like right there on Joey's sleeping bag. <laughs> a bird even lands on Jesse's just below his shoulder on his arm. <laughs> it's a gorgeous bird. It's got like, um,. Kind of a metallic blue with a black, and it's just, I don't know what kind of bird it is, but it's, I think I found, a, it's called Stellar's Jay. It's a jay native to Western North America, closely re related to the blue jay, found in the rest of the continent, but with a black head and upper body. It is also known as a long-crested jay, mountain jay, pine jay. Well, they are around the mountain area, so that could be. It is the only crested jay west of the Rocky Mountains. It is also sometimes colloquially called a blue jay in the Pacific Northwest, but it is distinct from the blue jay of eastern North America. And of course, their singing brings out the fox. As they're singing, and Jesse's kind of like trying to get jo Joey, like, get the camera, Joseph. Clearly, all the animals are have been led there, like they're eating some type of um, animal-approved treat for each of them, kind of keep them there in the scene. Joey, of course, he's got the camera, and a gorgeous shot of this fox just up on a a small boulder, just kind of perching just kind of looking and it just it you, you couldn't have gotten a better shot because it's nice it's like 
mid-morning, there's no clouds, there's no rain, gorgeous. You couldn't have asked for a better opportunity to get a, a picture of that fox, or video footage. Oh, and I want—I just want to keep talking about this fox. I love how, you know how foxes have like, um, the black, like, the black legs? And he's got like the, um, the reddish-orange fur, and the, you know, the the markings and stuff like that. It's just so gorgeous. I really like that scene. I really like that scene. So it's the next morning and clearly Danny is going to see DJ in her play as she spouts out some semi-Shakespeare, like old English. Darth, Darth, so I'm going to play this clip because Danny is at the table and it looks like he is working on getting Stephanie's uh, cauliflower brain all set up. and around. I swear there was like a second piece to it. There were like two different pieces. Like one represented the left side, one represented the right side. Hark, go father. My first scene beginneth at 3.15. Be thou not late. How be it there? What's that thing doing back? And uncooked. I stayed up all night finishing it, honey. This means you can come to my science fair. It's worked out great. Yeah, it worked out great for you. And for you. I figured the whole thing out. Steph, if I go to your science fair and leave at exactly 418, then Deej, I'll make it just in time to see your second scene from Romeo and Juliet. Perfect solution, huh, girls? But in the second scene, Juliet's dead. Too bad you can't see me when I'm alive. Bye, Dad. I can't believe that's not good enough for her. And you're going to miss the judging, which is pretty much the reason for going. Oh, there are two halves to it. Okay. Bye, Dad. Bye, honey. So DJ comes downstairs, tells Danny, don't be late. My first scene is at 3.15. Hey, that rhymed. <laughs> and he's like, don't worry, I won't be late. And of course, as Stephanie comes in, she's like, oh, my brain. That's great. Thank you. And just DJ's attitude, like, what's that thing doing back? I thought we ate it. Like, you need to stop with the attitude. And Stephanie's like, my brain, it's alive. And he's like, yeah, and uncooked. I spent all night working on it. Like, good. See, I like that. But as much as he tries to do the best and do both things, it's like, all right. So if I leave at four o'clock from Stephanie's science thing, I can make DJ's play. And she's like, well, in the second half, I'm my character is dead, so what's the point? And Stephanie's like, well, you'll miss the judging. Um, okay. Wouldn't judging be kind of like Okay, so the judging would be after 4 o'clock. Like, the thing maybe starts around 3 and they're going to, you know, judges will walk around and look at the kids' um, projects and everything and then the judging will come after. And he's, he's like, well, I found a way I could do both. If I do this, I can get in just at this time. And it's like, he's doing his best to make it work. It's like, he doesn't have to do either. But he's doing this because he wants to make it work where he can make you both happy. But apparently, it's not good enough for them. They want all or nothing. It irritates me. 
Because I feel bad for Danny. He's doing his best and these girls don't appreciate the fact that he can even make it to both of them. To make them both happy. And it's not good enough. So, and I, I saw, it looks like, she's got like a plate and then like a plastic cover covering um, both of the halves of the brain. The left and the right side, so. Yeah, he's like, if I go to Stephanie's, you know, science fair thing and leave the exactly 4.15, I can get to see DJ's second act as Juliet. And that should be enough. Who cares if he can't make the judging? The fact that he's even coming should be enough. I kind of wonder how this would have worked out if Jesse and Joey hadn't been away. If it would have been that big of a deal. Because there's an episode, I thought it was like Working Mothers or something where Jesse and Joey um, get a full-time job at the ad agency and Stephanie and DJ got some type of talent, something or other, and Danny's there and gets everything on tape, but it's not good enough for Jesse, Jesse and Joey. It's like, no, the fact that you weren't there, it's like, these girls don't understand the concept that in order to live in a house, you have to have a job to have money to pay to live in said house. I get it, they're children, and they just think money just magically appears and their bills are all paid, but that's not how the real world works. Parents sometimes have to make sacrifices. They end up having to miss things because that's just how the world works. If they can even make it to one of your events, that should be enough. It's not like Danny is a workaholic and he just doesn't care. It's not like he's Robin Williams' character, Peter Banning from Hook, who's like, I'm. it's not like he's saying, I'm gonna be there, and then he can't be there because of his job. So now we cut up to Michelle's room, and Danny is just kind of practically dragging his feet with exhaustion at this time, probably following Michelle all through the house. And she's like, let's play horsey, you can be the horsey. Danny is, like, so tired. Well, not to mention, he said he stayed up all night taking care of that cauliflower brain, the brain. So, I bet he's exhausted. He's most likely working on next to no sleep. It's not like he could just up and take a nap because he's got to watch Michelle. But he decides, like, I just want to lay on this bed and take a nap. You're going to take a nap, too, because I, I can't have you running around the house and getting into mischief and stuff like that. He's like, oh, I'll be the horse. And she, like, zips it around, like, <laughs> <laughs> and he picks her up, like, all right, I got a better idea, Miss Ed. I like Danny's tie. He is wearing a blue shirt with a kind of a cream white tie, but it's got, like, light bluish and black, like, tropical leaves on it. It's kind of cool. He says, we've got an hour before the science fair in the play, so we're going to take a nap. Doesn't set a watch. Doesn't set an alarm clock. Which, honestly, even though it's, I guess you can say it kind of sucks for the girls, um, they kind of, their attitudes, they deserve to have him not show up. Because, like I said, it, it being either all or nothing was the only way it was going to work for them. Not halfsies. Like, you get him, like, for a half hour, and then I get him for a half hour. She's like, I don't want to take a nap. He's like, come on, take a nap. 
I don't want to take a nap. She's like, he tells her, well, daddy doesn't care. You're taking a nap, sweetie. So I'm going to play this clip. Let's play horsey. You be the horse. Honey, daddy is really tired. Okay, I'll be the horse. Okay, daddy's got a better idea, Miss Ed. <laughs> Since we've got an hour for the science fair and the play, why don't you lie down and take a little nap? I don't want to take a nap. Daddy doesn't really care. Daddy had a hard day at work. Daddy was up all night performing third grade brain surgery. Daddy says you're taking a nap. Poor guy. Tell you what, I'll even rest with you for a couple minutes, okay? Oh, he's using her pinky pillow for a pillow. Yeah. Hey, he falls asleep fast. I wish I could do that. Welcome, my daddy, on the treetop. <laughs> oh, she covers him with a blanket, walk. barely. Good night. Good night, dear. I like how he uses her pit, her pet, her pet pig, her stuffed pig pinky as a pillow, and he he falls asleep instantly. So he must be like exhausted because he is out. And he says he had a really hard day at work. He probably did because he's operating on zero sleep. He's probably drinking as much caffeine and his coffee as humanly possible to stay awake. Michelle, like, starts to cover him with a blanket, but barely. (laughs) She kisses him on the nose, like, night, daddy. And she goes over and is playing with her, um... They're not Legos, but they're, like some other type of Legos in a yellow container. I can't, I'm not sure what they're called, but there's something like that. So Stephanie comes in and is like, Dad, I'm home with my prize winning brain, which you didn't come to see. And you see she's got like first prize on it. But she's upset that he didn't see it. She's not like upset like if something happened. That reaction hits later with DJ. And I'm just like, If my parents said they were going to be there and they weren't there, my mind would be spinning wildly out of control with all the possible scenarios of something had happened to them. Mind you, this is still in the day of really no cell phones, no texting. It's not like she could whip out her cell phone like, Hey, Dad, where are you? The judging's starting. Dad, you said you'd be here. What's going on? Are you okay? Are you home? Are you in the hospital? Like, what happened? Like, did you get a flat tire? Are you waiting for a tow truck? What's going on? I just, I would be flipping out. I wouldn't even be concerned. Like, forget that. No, I need to know where my dad is. Like, I'm not expecting the Aftershocks episode level of concern over where is my dad. But just, no, you weren't here to see the my um thing. So, uh... I'm more irritated by that than the fact that you didn't show up at all. And you could be somewhere hurt or on the side of a road somewhere with a busted up car. or what, Whatever. Here comes DJ rolling in. He immediately slams that door. So like, alright you little sneak. How did you get dad to go to your science fair? She calls Stephanie a kiss up. How'd you convince dad to miss my Romeo and Juliet play? And Stephanie's like, what are you talking about? He missed my science fair. 
And DJ's like, well, where is he? And Stephanie's like, I don't know. He's like, I just got home. Let me take off my jacket. Because I'm still not concerned about his, you know. And DJ's like, well, Dad wouldn't just not show up. And then that's when it dawns on Stephanie. You don't think something happened, do you? You think something happened to them? And immediately, like, Dad, Dad, Dad. Do they think he's dead? Do they think he's um unconscious? Like he slipped in the bathtub or something? Because they start running up that stairs like, Dad, Dad, Dad. And it's only after they, <laughs> yeah, get all their concerns about, oh, did Dad miss my entire play to go just go to your science fair? Once we get all that, like, out of the way, then the concern, like, oh, do you think something, oh my gosh, it's not all over again. Like, oh my god, I mean, that would scare me to death. And there would be times at my job, like, I'd always text Jeremy, like, let me know when you get home. And then I occasionally would check my phone. And if I don't hear anything, because it usually takes him maybe 20 minutes to get home. And if I don't see anything till later, I start to freak a little bit. A little bit. But usually sometimes it's because his phone wasn't, uh, he wasn't in the vicinity of his phone. He's probably down in the basement getting the laundry started or getting his dinner or doing whatever. And then eventually he'll like, oh, sorry, I just got your text or whatever. But still, it's just, I freak out. That's my, my mind goes into panic mode automatically. Worst case scenario, that's just unfortunately how I'm wired. So I'm going to play this clip. my Romeo and Juliet. What are you talking about? He missed my science fair. Then where is he? I don't know. I just got home. Well, Dad wouldn't just not show up. Do you think something happened to him? Six o'clock? I slept through everything. It's okay. We're just glad nothing happened to you. Girls, I am so yeah, sorry. I wanted to be there so badly and I let you both first. down. <laughs> you know, the single parent stuff is not as easy as I thought it would be. Why did we didn't make it, it any was? easier for you. Exactly, you didn't. I'm sorry I was so selfish today. Both I'm sorry too. I'm sorry too. For you had nothing to do with this. I don't want to be left out. Because you sound like Poor kid. You girls are the greatest. I must be the luckiest dad in the whole world. You're the greatest dad in the whole world. Oh, shucks. <laughs> so, what did the greatest dad in the whole world sleep through today? Well, the play was great. But Romeo got the hiccup, so we had to cut the kissing scene short. Gee, what a shame. How about you, sweetie? My brain won a special prize. Most biodegradable. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go get dinner started. Dad, wait. You do so much for us. Let us cook dinner for you. Aw. Great idea. Mama show you can be our special helper. Okay, but I'm not setting that table, Mr. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> so they're screaming, Dad, Dad, down the hallway. And Michelle's like, be quiet. Daddy's sleeping. And they run in and they just collapse on top of Danny on Michelle's bed. Like, oh my gosh, Dad, we're so happy you're okay. And he just looks at him like, wait, what? And then he takes Michelle's pig, her stuffed pig, and is like, what in the world am I sleeping with this thing for? Oh, he went from sleeping on using the pig as a pillow to being curled up with it. It looks like he's got Michelle's pillow behind his head now. And he's just like, what am I doing with Michelle holding Michelle's pig? He just flings it to the bottom of her bed. Like, Danny looks down at his watch and he can't believe it. It's six o'clock? I missed everything. I slipped through everything. And DJ assures him, like, Dad, it's okay. We're just happy that nothing happened to you. Yeah, that was your second reaction. That should have been your first. Not... Why didn't Dad come to my science fair? Or why didn't Dad see me as Julia in the play? Once they were uh, got that, you know, clear, then it's all, did you think something happened to him? Yeah. But then again, they're children. And DJ does apologize for being selfish. And Stephanie does as well. And Michelle's like, me too. And Danny just looks at her like, what are you apologizing for? She's like, but I don't want to be left out. It's like, Danny is kind of, I don't know what his problem is with Michelle. Just the way he's looking at her, just like he's easily irritated by her. Well, 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 Miss Sleepyhead. Look who decided to make an appearance at like three in the afternoon. How you doing, babe? Hmm? Hey, babe. How's he doing? You enjoy your little nappy nap? You silly kitty cat. Meow. Meow. Now nah, she's ignoring me. I gotta go in this box. No, she's not. What are you doing? And Danny just, he feels bad. He's like, oh, girls, I wanted to be there so much, and I let you both down. And he's like, wow, this single parent stuff isn't as easy as I thought. Well, that's probably why you have Jesse and Joey there. And DJ's like, well, we didn't make it any easier. Yes, except responsibility for your poor attitude. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry I was so selfish today. Yeah, today you're sorry. But wait till the next time. Will you apologize for your behavior then too? I mean, it's one thing to say you're sorry, but if you keep doing it, that sorry doesn't really, it kind of loses its meaning and effect after a while. <laughs> yeah, Michelle's like, I'm sorry too. And Danny just looks at her confused like, Michelle, you had nothing to do with this. She's like, I just didn't want to be left out. And he's just like narrowing his eyebrows at her like, you're still here? I think Danny needs to owe Michelle an apology. I mean, my God, his attitude towards her this whole episode, he is being kind of a jerk to her. Not taking into an account that, into account that she's four years old and she doesn't know the word condiments. You want them to do something and they want to help you out. Break the steps down in a way that they can understand. Telling them to put the condiments, which she doesn't know what they are, back in the fridge and alphabetically, I might add, is just cruel. So, of course, we get the sweet moment with the music being piped in as the girls sit on the bed with Danny and he's holding Michelle in his lap. He's like, you girls are the greatest. I'm sorry. I feel like I don't say it enough. I am one lucky dad.
love how Stephanie's like, you're the greatest dad in the whole world. So Danny puts an armor on DJ. It's like, so what did the greatest dad in the world sleep through? And turns out the play went fine until like the kissing scene, which had to be cut short due to his hiccups. <laughs> yeah, the play was great, but we had to cut the kissing sh- scene short because Romeo got the hiccups. And I love Danny's from like, oh, what a shame. Not. She says her brain won a special prize, most biodegradable. I thought she got first place. That ribbon said first place on it, did it not? I'm pretty sure it did. I looked twice and it said first place. Unless it was first place in the most biodegradable category, I don't know. So Danny's like, alright, well I'm gonna get dinner started. And I love how DJ jumps in like, Dad, let us cook dinner for you. You already do so much for us. It's almost like... Let's make up for our poor attitude and behavior by making you dinner. And they're like, come on, Michelle, you'll be our little helper. And she's like, okay, as long as I don't have to set the table, though. Because I don't want to do that. (laughs) And that's how the episode ends. They just leave Danny sitting on Michelle's bed and just reflecting on the fact that his daughters are just the greatest in the world. And they're going to make him dinner. I'd be interested to see what that would turn out to be. I can't say there. I've not seen them really cook anything. Maybe there could be spaghettios, could be sandwiches. Nothing too, too much for them, really. They're not going to cook a four-course meal. Or even a three-course meal. Just something simple. Because it's like six o'clock at night. By then, I've already had dinner. So, yeah, I thought this was a good episode. And a great way to end the, in honor of Father's Day, you know, and and, in honor of Danny Tanner. So for worst outfit, I think I'm definitely going with DJ's outfit when she came home from the, from the play. I just, I didn't like it. It was just kind of like, it was just blah looking. It was like a, a blaze. Season four is all about the blazers with her. It had like jewelry for buttons that went like brass buttons that went down her shirt and it just was kind of tacky looking. So that was the worst dressed person in the episode for best dressed. Let me see. I really like Danny's blue um, button up shirt with that tie, you know, the white cream with the uh, blue and black tropical leaves on it. That was pretty nice. I like that. Um, relatable character, um, hmm. Well, I never sang to any woodland creatures, so I can't really say I relate to that. I never performed in a play. I never did a science fair. Never did anything like that. But my dad did men, uh, manage to show up for, like, uh, I think a first day field day. There's like, a box lunch thing. He ended up uh, coming for that, I think, in second grade when I won the Young Author Award. Um, he showed up for that. When I ma- was made M- uh, VIP, very important person of, like, the week or the month. I think it was the month. He came in for that. He showed up to a soccer, you know, all the, you know, different little things like that. In high school, I really wasn't in anything. I didn't do any clubs or plays or anything like that, so. Oh, um, junior high, I had a, um, I was in choir and he had come for the, the choir concert. 
So it's not like Dad said, I'll try to be there or anything like that. It's like if it worked out with his schedule, with his job and everything, then he managed to show up. But it's not like I was like, but you said you're going to be there. It's just, it's when it happened, it was nice that he showed up and stuff like that. But I wasn't like crying because like he promised he'd be there and then he had to work and then it blah, 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 blah. No, I, I wasn't about that. You know, I knew he had to work and his schedule was kind of erratic with the hours and everything like that. So. Alright, so starting next week, I will be covering the new Full House series entitled Best Friends. So the episodes I will be covering, starting kicking off with Season 2, Pal Joey, Season 3, Dr. Data Rides Again, Season 3, Fraternity Reunion, Season 4, Good News, Bad News. So we got Pale Joey with Joey and Danny. We got Dr. Data Rides Again with Jesse and his friend Pete Bianco. We got Fraternity Reunion with Danny and Joey again. We got Good News, Bad News with DJ and Kimmy. Girls Will Be Boys with Michelle and Teddy and Aaron. The Long Goodbye with Michelle and Teddy. Be Your Own Best Friend with... Michelle, Teddy, and Denise, and I've Got a Secret with Michelle, Lisa, Derek, and Aaron. So yes, next week, kicking off the Best Friends theme series, Season 2, Episode 15, entitled Pal Joey, which aired on February 17th, 1989. Joey and Danny recalled the first, the day they first met. <laughs> oh yeah, and we also get to meet little Jesse because <laughs> he's like at least what five to six years younger than both Joey and Danny. So, all right, everyone have a good week, and I'll be back next week for the first episode in the Best Friend series entitled "Pale Joey." If you guys would like to send an email to the podcast, you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com if you would like to give a review to the podcast you can go to apple or uh, itunes and just leave a review at the all my lanta holy chalupas full house fuller house podcast just type in full house podcast or fuller house podcast and the podcast will show up so all right everyone as always Stay healthy, stay positive, we will get through this. I'm kind of cutting off the whole stay home thing because I know that some states are starting to open things up again slowly. So, yeah, just stay healthy, stay strong. We're going to get through this 100% eventually. (laughs) Bye-bye, everybody.